All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Amen. This is Pastor Leslie Sharon Hayes here this morning. Greet all of you in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior this morning. We just welcome you, welcome you, welcome you on this Monday morning, January the 10th, 2022. I like the sound of that, January. I mean, you know, 2022, man. Made it over into this year, man. And I tell you, off and running, walking by faith, living by faith, doing things by faith because God has given us this measure of faith, amen, to, to be able to to continue to stay in the, in, the, in the fight, stay in the race, amen, enduring and learning and growing, amen, and, and, and building on our faith because God takes us from faith to faith and strength to strength and glory to glory. So we give God praise, glory, and honor this morning. Amen. And just love you all and welcome uh, this morning to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God. Amen. And so we just going to get in here into this word this morning. Amen. Thank you all, man, for, you know, yesterday, beautiful day. Thank you for the comments, the encouragement. As the word was, uh, was, spoke, was spoken yesterday, School of Healing, amen, went out. And then we had a wonderful praise and worship and followed by a wonderful non-denominational service yesterday so we just thank god amen it's out there for your pleasure for your for your you know you want to go listen to it i mean i listened to it two or three times it was just good to the very last drop taste you know i mean it just tasted in my mouth right now it's all in my soul right now it resonating in my spirit right now so i thank god for what he's doing man you know he wants us to be so well you know all around well overall you know optimal wellness you know that 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 is favorable and you know and i i just love it amen and we thank god for that amen desirable amen and so this morning we're going to pick up our study this morning uh in the word of god this morning we've been in the book of first john chapter three amen uh Starting with, we are on verse two, and there's we're gonna break it down and get into some more of the revelations here about Jesus Christ from this verse. Amen. It's like I say, it's been so much packed in these verses right here, and we don't want to rush through them and overlook anything. And so, Amen. So we're gonna go ahead and get started here. You know, again, our subject, the umbrella that we're operating under, uh, very broad, uh, it covers a lot of a lot of. Uh, revelation of territory here and it's you know it's the proof that you know we you know we love god you know we're taking these six tests you know we're dealing with test number one amen you know <clears throat> that proves according to what is written in the bible for our learning that we love god you know it's easier to share the love of god when you know the love of god some you know amen and how to tell people about the love of god and he says there in verse two of that of, of the book of First John chapter uh, three verse two. He said, "Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doeth, you know, and it doeth not appear what we shall be, but we know when He." And so that's the first precept. I say that's part A right there. Doeth not yet appear, and we're gonna break this down. We went over that already. And part B of this scripture says, "Shall appear." You know, and then part C is what we're going to pick up at today. Uh, you know, we shall be like him. You know, that's 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 where we're going to start at right there. And then part D say, for, you know, shall see him as he is. And so this is the greatest hope uh, and mystery 
of God's love, you know, his eternal, that eternal transformation. That's what love does. It, it transfers us. It transforms us for eternity. Love to do that because it solves all of the ills. It covers all of the faults. You know, that's the power of love. Now by the faith, hope, and love these two, but the greatest of these, you know, is love, charity, you know, that, that giving spirit. Amen. God gave his son. So that spirit is transferred over to us because he shed his love abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So there's an A and a B and a C and a D part of this scripture. And we're going to break it down, give you all the references that apply to each of those different uh, precepts. I guess the scripture is broken down in precepts, you know, you know, line upon line, chapter upon chapter in the Bible, you know, verse upon verse. That's how I like to teach, you know, book from book to book, you know, from chapter to chapter, from verse to verse, from line to line, precept to precept. And that's the best way to teach, amen. Now, you can, we can preach. That's kind of different, but preaching and teaching should kind of bounce off each other, amen, because once you can teach it, you can preach it. A lot of people can't preach it because they can't teach it, so they put a lot of, a lot of fillers in there, you know, a lot of, they do a lot of, you know, babbling and, and you know, unnecessary information, a lot of empty words while they're trying to gather something to say, you know, and so well, I like to take my time and walk precept upon precept once I get to the verse, once I get to the line and, and break it down. So we're going to deal with part B that talks about the second coming, you know, shall, when he shall appear. Uh, what are the rewards to be bestowed when he comes that second time when Jesus comes back? So we're going to pick it up because last time I spoke, uh, we last two verses we went over was uh, out of the book of Luke chapter 12 verse 37 the King James Bible just by way of review because it's been a minute it says blessed are those servants whom the Lord when he cometh talking about his second coming shall find watching verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them so now this is what's going to be bestowed upon us that second time when he comes back. It's going to be just like it was the first time. We're going to be able to sit down and, and, and you know, and life will continue, but just in a different place, a different body, you know, no more sickness, no more this, no more that. And, you know, the Lord will be the light of, of, of heaven. You know, we no longer need any other type of natural light. We'll just be in the glorious presence of God. You know, we'll get to sit down and fellowship and commune with him for eternity. You know, no need to worry about getting up and going to work. Won't have to worry about getting off the line. That's what we'll do all day long, you know, and never have to be concerned about what's on, what coming back to get nothing or nobody. You know, we'll be in a better place, a new place, a new heaven and a new earth. And he's bringing the new Jerusalem with him. He's going to make all things new, restore everything back to that perfect you know, image of Christ likeness, what he created from the beginning. He's going to make all things new. And so that's the second coming. You know, that's what's going to be bestowed upon us, you know, eternal life, you know, put on some, some new garments, man, that cannot, that won't wear out, you know. It'll be a garment of praise showing up because all we'll be doing is joining with the heavenly host, bowing and worshiping God, bowing before him, declaring with them, 24 elders, 144,000. All of us will be around that throne, worshiping him, bowing before him. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and who's to come again. You know, and then uh, we, we talked about in, in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 3, the King James Bible, and if I go 
and prepare a place for me. Very familiar uh, words here that, that we hear a lot of times at home goings, you know, and it says, and we're going to hear it again when we go home to be with Jesus. You know, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye shall be also. You know, when this, our spirit, which is who we are, you know, the intellect of our soul, which is the spirit, once it leaves our body and goes back to the Father from where it came and they put our bodies in the ground, you know, this scripture will be so applicable, you know, coming back to get us what belongs to him, his church, his bride, and present us to himself as a living sacrifice, holding itself unto God without spot or without wrinkle, you know. And see, and, and, and that's what we're working for. That's that reward that's going to be bestowed upon us, that mansion that he went away to prepare for us. He's bringing it with him, and he's going to set it up at, right, right there in Jerusalem, you know. And so we're going to pick up our conversation now uh, in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 20 and 21 through 21, the King James Bible. Again, that's the book of Philippians, the third chapter, verses 20 through verse 21 of the King James Bible and uh, continuing this discussion about his second coming, what to expect, uh, what revelations to be revealed to us right now so we can have that expectation of what my reward is going to be so that when I'm talking with people and the question comes up sometimes, why should I serve God or what's in it for me? If they don't say it, the, 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 the common thought for, the, for humanity is who, what, when, where, and why. You know, that's just a common theme. You know they're thinking it even if they don't ask it why because we thought it when we couldn't think it. You know, we was trying to figure out. Then when we had the truth made known to us, we no longer had to think about it. We knew it like we know it now. You know, it's going to happen. He is coming back. He came one time, he's coming back again. Why? He said it in his word. It's written for us, for our learning, that we may know through him we have eternal life. You know, does not yet appear what it shall be, but we do know this, when he shall appear, we shall see him the way he is. How is that so? We're going to be just like him. You know, we learned that out, you know, in the book of, uh, uh, I think it's 3 John chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, King James Bible. And so let's look at what Philip Paul is writing to the Philippians here in Philippi. And he says, for our conversation is in heaven. That's, the, that's, that's what we ought to be talking about, you know, because we want heaven to pick up our conversation. So we're talking about heaven now. We're snared by that conversation. We're taken by that conversation. Where am I taken? I ain't going to be taken by the adversary. I'm going to be taken to heaven to be with the Lord. So that's that's the conversation. I got to mold and shape and, and, and you know train my tongue to speak with you know like it learns something you know so that my conversation is is well received in heaven. I'm speaking things now that are yet to be that are going to be. You know when I tell I tell people all the time, "How you doing? Get any better?" I think of that and went to heaven. That's where my conversation is at. God is monitoring what I say. He's monitoring what I do. So is he with all of us. All of us going to have to give an account. I don't want no bunch of empty words up there saying, what did you mean when you said this? It wasn't documented in my word. Why did you tell them that? Why did you use this and didn't use that? You know, we want to say things that, that can be received by God. This is why the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 12, the King James Bible, he speaks prophetically through Jeremiah, and he want to, he want to know you know, what did he say to us? What did we see about what he said? 
put me in remembrance of that. Tell me what you see. Tell me what you, you know, <coughs> I want to know. <coughs> and so I see myself in heaven. I see all of those who endure to the end to be saved in heaven. You know, don't you want to go? You know, what in hell do you want? So, you know, he's telling us for our conversation is in heaven because there is the Lord Jesus Christ, our high priest advocate, right there at the Father, side of the Father right now, pleading our case, making atonement for us, speaking on our behalf. So he's taking what we can't say along with what we do say. And that's and those words are being recorded. If they're empty, they're just empty. I got to give an account of them. If they're idle, they're just idle. I got to give an account of them. So we need to be fixing our conversation right now. I remember over in the book of Acts, the sixth chapter, when uh, Paul and them was busy doing all kinds of stuff in the church, man, they probably was having some conversation. They probably was having some sidebars. They probably were in there talking about everybody in the church, man. But, you know, but until they became able to speak with the tongue of the learned. And, and so how did that, how was that accomplished? How did that conversation get upgraded? How did it get changed? How did it get sanctified and cleaned up? The Lord told them to look out among them and find somebody to do that work. He had a greater work for them, a greater purpose for them. But the conversation wasn't right. So he told them to pull away from that and go study the scriptures. Go learn the scriptures. Search the scriptures to verify their calling. Their calling was not to be gossiping, not to be saying all kind of stuff that they would be ashamed of when they stand before God to be judged, but that they will be justified. And he knew at the time that the tongue wasn't learned yet. It hadn't been trained yet. So they were just saying whatever came to their mind, like a lot of people. Putting fillers in there in the conversation, you know, adding stuff to the gospel. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 the people thought they were ignorant how they were talking. But when they did what God told them to do and pulled away and addressed that conversation because they went to the word, they searched the scripture to find out what their calling was, and they realized, I can't be talking like this man in, in the church, whether I'm working in there or not. I got to have the right conversation. It's got to be inviting. It's got to make people feel like, you know, being in church is important. It's the most important thing, you know, that, that you do forsaking not this assembling yourself together as a man of some ill. Listen to this now. Listen to this conversation. Exalting one another. Not tearing down. Not judging. Not criticizing. Why they wearing them heels too high? Why they got that little short dress on? Why they this? Why they that? Yeah, these conversations are registered in heaven. And the Bible said when they came back to the same people, they say it sounds like they've been with the Lord. They're speaking with the tongue of the learned. These previous ignorant people. Now they become mouthpieces for God, ambassadors for God. You know, instruments that he can work through. He put his word in their mouth. They went and studied. Now they realize I can't have that kind of conversation no more. When God saved us, he saved our mouth, our tongue too. Our mind and our thoughts. He saved all of us. Old things have passed away, old fables, old folks tell old conversations, old lying and, you know, and, and manipulated things and deceiving words and things and lies. You take all that away. You know, we don't say what we used to say. We don't go where we used to go. We don't do what we used to do. And he said that conversation, our conversation is in heaven. So whatever heaven is saying, Jesus brought it down and taught the people. That's the revelation. John wrote him down for our learning. Teach us how to talk. I just always tell people, if God can't use it, don't say it. I also told them that our, that our words should be words of faith, speaking things that be not as though they were. And that's what the Bible does for us. That's what the scripture does for us. It tames that tongue, that unruly member. I call it that, that pink tornado. It alters the whole course of life, according to James. 
And he says, you know, in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior. We always tell people to look to the hill from which cometh our help. Our help comes from the Lord. You know, we're in the book of Psalms, chapter 46, starting at verse 1. You know, so if our conversation come from heaven, let's look toward heaven. Let's think on those things that are from above, things that are good and honest and true and lovely and pure, those things that be of, you know, be of a good report. And if there be any virtue, meaning if there be any strength left in us, you know, if there be any praise, you know, meaning, you know, giving adoration and love unto the Lord, entering his gates with thanksgiving, coming in his court with praise. He lays it out and tells us how to talk and what to do, even when we approach God. Think on these things. Why? That your heart and your mind may be kept. Why just the heart and the mind? Because everything else flows out from how you think. Remember, as a man thinketh, so is he. The book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verse 7, King James Bible. So get the thinking right, you get the life right. You know, you change the thinking, you change the man, you change the woman, you change the course of life. You change the conversation. Everything changes, behavior. You know, we talked about that yesterday. Thoughts turn into habits. Habits turn into what? Lifestyles. Lifestyles reflect character. And then character reflect the destiny that we're that we're that we're planning for ourselves. You know, and so he it starts with that with that conversation. Amen. See from he said, from whence also, you know, we look for the Savior. Say hey, my conversation, Lord, purify it, sanctify it, teach me how to speak thy word, Lord, put you in remembrance of it. And he says, The Lord Jesus Christ, okay. Who shall change our vile bodies? Once he, once he hear the conversation, you know, speaking things that be not as though they were, and putting him in remembrance of his word, that's what he's going to perform. He's watching over it to perform it. And when it comes out of my mouth, your mouth, our mouth, just like it did, man, with Jeremiah and all those others, Jeremiah said, Thy words were found, I did eat them, and it's become joy and rejoicing to my heart. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 15, verse 16 of the King James Bible, when you find the word and eat the word, and put it in your heart and hide it so you don't sin against God. So if I'm not speaking lies and words, that's sin, then I'm putting God in remembrance of what he said, the pure, unadulterated, infallible, authentic word of God, which is laced in moral and ethical truth. God will perform that word. He ain't going to perform everything come out of my mouth because a lot of time I, I'm, we're speaking and asking things of God are missed, things we don't need but just stuff we want. And it's not about accumulation of a lot of stuff, you know. So, you know, we have to be so careful what we say because we might have it. You know, if you're always going around saying you're sick, you might end up sick. I don't like my job. You might end up jobless, unemployed. So be, be careful. Why? Because words sometimes turns into action and behavior and lifestyle. You know, that's how it all starts. Be very careful. You get snared by those words, taken by those words. You know, so that conversation. And then he says, who shall change our vile bodies? So if I'm saying, Lord, with your stripes, I'm healed. God going to change that vile body, that vile body, body that sometimes can be a reflection of some type of corruptive thing inside of me. Something that's not really pure. So, you know, sometimes people, because the Bible said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. Why? That's where all the issues of life is at. You know, that's why that word is powerful. That word is quick. That word is sharp. It's impenetrable. And the Bible said it, it, it penetrates to the dividing of soul and spirit, bone and marrow. You know, why is that a separation of, you know, of, 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 of what we really feel and what we trying to make believe? You know, it penetrates there. 
And it's a discerner. There it is right there. You know, it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, those vile things, you know, you know, you know. And God's going to change that. That's what he does. He changes us. You know, he renews things, you know, as we renew things. He said that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. You know, he wants us to present our bodies to him as a living sacrifice, just like Jesus did to his father. And God used him, sent him to the earth, his only begotten son, to save that which was lost. That, that was vile, needed to be changed. That's what Jesus came to bring that change, you know, so that as he is, so are we in the earth. Book of 1 John, chapter 4, verse 17, the King James Bible. What was his conversation when he was on earth? Sure wasn't telling no lies. He sure wasn't, you know, de deceiving people, you know. He was telling people what the Father had given him to tell them. He was teaching them in the synagogue, giving them hope. It was uplifting. For a lot, it was a stumbling block and a rock of offense. But for others, man, it was the truth that made them free. You know, and it's still the same thing today. Don't, don't be mistaken. There. Don't be deceived. Everybody you share the gospel with is not going to be saved. There's going to be debate. There's going to be argument. But the Bible said, hey, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't change your conversation because you want that person to be saved that, that don't want to be saved. Plant the seed. Shake the dust off your feet and keep it moving. Just don't change the conversation. Y'all you know, going to die and go to hell. That ain't the conversation. God love you. Amen. I'm praying for you. Have a good day. You know, plant that seed, leave it alone. You know, God will give increase if he want to give increase. He'll save that person if he want to save that person. He'll judge that person if he want to judge that person. You know, he'll avenge him. You know, we don't have to do that. Just make sure we avenge our own disobedience. That we may fulfill, you know, what God has told us to do, that, that our obedience might be fulfilled. And he goes on to say that, you know, glorious, you know, uh, fashion like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself, you know. And when he talks about the body there, he's not just talking about my physical body, he's talking about my spiritual body too. Remember, we are a spirit, we live inside of a body. And this body is decaying every day, it wants to do what it wants to do. But our spirit is being renewed day by day. Because when he comes back, he's coming back for the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, the church. The iglesia, the called out ones, the consecrated, separated ones, without spot or without wrinkle, our vow, all the vileness gone, all the impurities are gone. We now, the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, his blood sanctifies us, consecrates us, separates us, washes us, his word regenerates and renews us. So that when the Lord come back, man, guess what? He will have his bride. She will look like him. And we're working now you know, to try as much as we can to learn these revelations so we can be fashioned and molded and shaped. You know, he's the potter, we're the clay. We always often say, Lord, mold me, shape me, make me, create in me. Lord, renew me. David got it right. David said, Lord, you know, create in me a clean heart, renew within me a right and a steadfast spirit. Whatever you do, don't you take your Holy Spirit away from me. Why did he not want God to take the Holy Spirit away from him? Because that was God in him. That was God with him. And he knew that without God, I'm nothing. Even with God, sometimes I'm still to be humble like a filthy rag and know that 
against his righteousness, I'm still not anything. See, that's humility. That's the bride that God is looking for. And sometimes that's got to be our conversation. Lord, I humble myself under the mighty hand of God, and I wait for you to exalt me in due time. Not ahead of time, but in due time. I used to get people, man, rushing to church with these nice laminated ministers' cards coming from another church. Remember the last five churches they done been in, whooping it out, trying to be secret, putting out the purse, showing it to you, talking about how do you do? Do y'all ordain or let other ministers speak up in here? No, I'm, I don't trust your conversation. I don't know enough about you. And we used to have a few people. We tested them and tried them. They, oh, God gave them a word. They stand up, man, and say stuff. You be done preach the word of God. They stand up and say some stuff that's off the wall. Be like, where did they get that from? My wife told me, said, that's the, that's the last time we're going to let that happen. So I used to tell them, well, go back there and tell my wife. What, what, go, go back there and tell her. You ain't finna get up here and say it. Take, take, meet us after church, after benediction, and you tell us. Them conversations. You know, you got people in there, man, listen to that stuff they tell them. Some of them got so bold, they just follow people after benediction. Out in the parking lot, put, they got them pulled over to the side, hands on them, hands on the shoulder, man, prophesying with the head down. I said, what kind of, I walk over there and listen to that conversation, man. I shut that stuff down. I said, if you don't get off this parking lot with that mess and take it somewhere, well, we were getting ready to leave to go down here to this other church because God's sending us around to all these churches to share this word. You know, contaminating the work you done did, contaminating what you done taught. You know, they done set up there an hour in church, man, with all that fake praise, like they learning something. That, no, they already made up in their mind what they wanted to say, what they were going to do. I ain't learned nothing. I'm like, God sending them to a message, go to all these churches, share this word. What word? It ain't God's word. It ain't, it ain't going to do nobody no good. You know, he said, according to the working whereby, he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. That's God. You know, we don't humble ourselves. He will subdue all things. We have to put things that are not of God under our feet. And Satan is not of God. So he should stay under our feet. All of his conversation, all of his lies, his trickery. You know, his, 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 you know, his, his manipulation, his influence. All that should be under our feet. We should be treading upon serpents and scorpions over all the power and works of the devil. And don't let him out underneath our feet because he'll start speaking and we'll start hearing that voice. And that voice is, is not God's voice. And he says another voice we will not follow. But some people follow other voices. And they'll be saying they're confused because they ain't learned nothing when they was in the church to learn. They was in there trying to teach and do stuff and not in there to learn so that when it came time to speak, you had something to say that God could work with. You know? And so now they're hearing voices, and the first thing they'll tell you, well, Pastor, you know, my spirit was telling me. Oh, your spirit was telling you? Well, I just said what my spirit told me to say. That conversation is registering in heaven, man. If it ain't what God t told us to say through, through what we've learned from the scriptures, why are we saying it? And then saying, my spirit? Your spirit? What about God's spirit? And they're telling you right up front where it's coming from. My spirit. Remember, you got, we have a human spirit and it speaks. Usually that's what, that's what Satan appeals to. Our human spirit, our feelings, our emotions. You know, Pastor Sharon told us about it. We're not well there sometimes. We look good on the outside. We know how to go through the motions. We know how to look around what everybody else is doing in church and mimic that. And, you know, everybody else is praying. Sometimes people just sit right through with their hands crossed across their chest, man. Like they're so important. They don't have to praise nobody. Everybody up praising God. You sitting up and they're looking all dignified. That body language speaks a language too. 
It's being recorded too. Why I said, God, look at our, our bodies. And he's saying, hey, you're not presenting your body to me here in the church as a living sacrifice, holding stuff unto God without spot or without wrinkle. Don't you know I'm going to and fro seeking such that will worship me in spirit and in truth? Get that vile body up and get sanctified in the presence of the Lord here, where there's the fullness of joy and pleasure at his right hand forevermore. I want your body language too. I want what comes out of your mouth too, to speak of me, to show forth my praises unto him that have called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want your corresponding action to mirror your conversation, your holy conversation. I want some corresponding action. Throw your hands in there and praise me. Why do you think they're praising me? Do you hear what they're saying out of their mouth? Babes and suckling, I have a dame praise. Do you hear that sound? I want to hear that sound coming from my bride. I want that conversation of praise. I want that conversation of worship. I want that adoration. I want that, 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 that love given back to me through your words. Father, I love you. Father, I worship you. Father, I praise you. That's the conversation right there. Why? Because that's what they're doing in heaven. The angels are bound before him. Heaven and earth is a door in him. So we ought to have that conversation because it's like rehearsal. It's like a dress rehearsal. It's like a trial run. It says to the Father, we're ready to go home, Lord, whenever you're ready for us. Because we're learning right now. We're preparing right now for what we're going to do then. We're getting our conversation right. It would be no more need to ask God for anything. It would be no more need, man, to complain to God and tell him about how bad I had it. All that will be behind us. We'll be in a new place that's created for us, a new mansion that it went away for us to prepare for us. And so we see it right there. Okay, let's go a little further here. Uh, in the book of uh, Colossians, the third chapter, verse 4, the King James Bible, it says this, And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And when the Lord comes back, I need y'all to hear me real good. Ain't nobody getting up out of no grave and going up in no air. Because those people who died already, they're already gone. And they're not coming back out of no grave. Their spirit is who they are. And that spirit, when they died, separated from the body. That cord was cut. The body went back to the earth from where it came. And it's out there now, actually, you know. But the spirit never dies. It has gone back to the Father from where it came. So think about how simple that is. All this is stuff people say, well, you know, we shall be caught up in the air. It's talk, that word air, if you look at it in the, in the original translation, it's talking about in the spirit. Because the minute those people died, there was a separation. They were in the presence of the Lord, absent from the body and present with the Lord. And if you read the book of Luke chapter 16, verse, uh, you know, over there, in the, all the verses, matter of fact, the whole chapter talks about where we're going, where that spirit is going to go, you know, it's going to uh, either uh, it's going to paradise, as what the words say, paradise, and in paradise, you have the good side and you have the bad side, and they got to wait there. Those spirits, not the body, the body back in the earth, but the spirit, it's got to wait there to be judged for all the things we did while we was in the earth. That's the when the great white throne judgment takes place when Jesus comes back. And all, if I didn't get all these vile things right in my body, it'd be too late then. Because now I got to give an account. 
And I'm going to be on that bad side of the gut wishing I'd have got it right. Not a physical man, but a spirit. And then on the other side, going to be like resting in Abraham's bosom waiting. Because I got it right. I was poor, but I, I, I was rich when it came down to God. My conversation was about him. I spoke things to be not as though they were. I was rich in Christ. I was rich in my conversation. Now, I, I, now I'm assured that I can stand and justify before him in judgment. Because, Lord, I got my conversation right. I knew that, you know, you were going to come back and get me and judge me according to what I done said and what I done did. And you're going to reward me for that. And you're going to reward others for what they didn't do. You know, one guy wished he could get a word back to his family member. Change your conversation. Get your life right, man. Change, change. Let the Lord say that by our body. Let him sanctify it. You don't want to come here. I'm already seeing and envisioning, man. I didn't do right when I was there, and so it's too late now. Only thing in front of me now is the judgment after death. And there's a lot of people sadly going to be in that situation, you know. And so he tells you right there, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, that second coming, to be judged. He ain't coming to be saved no more. When he comes back, he's coming to be judged, judging those who were saved, giving them their reward, judging those who were not saved, condemning them, giving them their reward. Just that simple. So what in hell do you want? You know, don't let hell continue to enlarge itself while I got a chance, man, to put it out of business or snatch as many people out of that, that possibility as I possibly can. You know, got to have the right conversation. Do you know that God loves you? Do you know what's going to happen to you if you, if you die today? If not, can I, can I enlighten you? It might change some folk conversation who think, you know, I'm, I'm too good to die and go to hell. You know, you're not trying to condemn and put him in hell, but hell is going to be a reality when the Lord comes back. He, for those who follow Christ, hell will enlarge itself. So, so God is going to create that for those people. Right now, he's, he's just hoping that people will get it right before he comes back. There'll be no need for hell. But, you know, the Bible said that hell enlarges itself for all those people who listen to, you know, Satan's conversation, who become snared by words that are not words of faith that God can't use. Now they got to be wait, wait to judge, be judged by those words. You know, they will come back and they just say, your words will come back to haunt you. Some people call it karma and all that stuff. We just say you reap what you sow. If you're so in, in division, you're going to reap in division. You're going to be divided from the rest of us when, when God comes. And he said, that'd be a separation. But if you know it's going to be a separation, then overcomers from, you know, those who, who didn't overcome, that was overcame, there's going to be a separation. So if you know that now, do what he tells us to do now. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Get your conversation out of the world. You know? Get your conversation out of heaven. Those things that God has written for our learning, that we may speak with the tongue of the learned and have the right conversation now so we'll have the right conversation when we stand before God. We won't have to say nothing. It'll all be written down in the book, and that's why we ought to be rejoicing that my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's what I ought to be saying. Lord, thank you for letting my name. I rejoice because my name is written. And keep reinforcing that until that becomes your lifestyle. You know? It's how you reach uh, the potential that you have, you know, by 
reinforcing it with what comes out of my mouth, not platitudes. People got some people got a lot of platitudes. They're just saying stuff. Don't even know whether it's documented, sound good, sounds authentic. You know, a lot of philosophy. You know, wisdom of men. You know, doctrine of devils. You know, philosophy. You know, all that excellency of speech, enticing words. Don't mean nothing. Paul said, that's why I didn't come to the church in Corinth with that. But I came with a demonstration of the spirit and power of God because when the spirit is in me, he's the spirit of truth. What he speaks is the truth. What Jesus taught when he came was the truth. What the father sent his word was the truth. They didn't come with different messages, their own doctrine. You know, so he says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. You know, he's going to spend eternity with him. You know, his children, his church, his bride. Uh, over in the book of First Thessalonians, chapter uh, 3, verse 13 of the King James Bible, it says this now, making this case, to the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable, in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. <clears throat> with all his saints. Why? They're already in paradise on the good side. Now, they're spiritual beings, not physical bodies. We left that in Jonah's lobe or wherever we put it at. Some people burn the bodies up. No, it doesn't matter. Once the spirit separates, God wants the spirit because that's what he gave in creation. He blew the breath of life. That's his, his spirit. And he gets to decide eternally where that spirit is going to be. Is he going to let it be a part of the new body he created? Or is he going to say, nope, you're going to burn uh, eternally. It's going to be gnashing of teeth. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. That's going to be the fate. And that second coming. Then that's when you're going to experience that second death. So it's best to die now so you don't have to die then. You can live then. Die to all those things now. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. So you can live, you know, spiritually in a spiritual body without corruption, without mortality. Won't be fazed by any of those things because this corruption is going to put on incorruption. This mortal going to put on immortality. That's the reward so that I can forever be with the Lord. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But this one thing we know that when he shall appear, we shall see him the way he is. Why? How can we? Because we're going to be just like him. And I got to be talking like that now, like I'm going to spend eternity with him. I got to get my conversation saved so that my actions will be saved, so that my eternity will be saved, be, be that one, that reward of somebody saved. And so he says it right there, you know, to the end that he may, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. Got to remember now before God, Jesus is going to be right there at the right hand. We're going to be standing with all the rest of whoever out there giving an account. And it's he and they're going to be in the same place he in right now at the right hand of the father making intercession. And all those that's going to be standing before him, unfortunately, not all of them are going to be welcomed in. Only those who've been faithful over a few things, he's going to make ruler over many things. Enter into thy rest. Go into your mansion that's been prepared for you. 
rest of them. I don't see your name written in the Lamb Book of Life. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You rejected me before men. Now I'm going to deny you before my Father. And the Bible said there shall be gnashing and gashing of teeth. They're going to spend eternity. Hell will enlarge itself with those people at that time. You know, Satan and all his followers, those who listened to his voice, never changed their conversation, never got saved or got bodies saved, but didn't get conversation, didn't get heart, didn't get spirit, didn't get everything. The whole Bible body didn't get everything saved. And so we go on here in the book of First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 of the King James Bible, and we're getting ready to close. He says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Yes, he will. From heaven now, with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, notice what he said. If you died in Christ, isn't it fair that you rise first? The dead in Christ. Okay, those who are already gone before us, who died in Christ, who died saved. He said they're going to rise first. He's not talking about the physical body. He's talking about the spiritual body. But you have to remember, when he comes back, he comes as a spirit. And those who have already been resurrected spiritually are the ones that are going to rise first. Where are they rising from? They're in paradise waiting. They're just resting and chilling. They're going to rise first. From that good side in the bad side. Why, Pastor? They're coming to stand before the great white throne of judgment. It's just the ones that have already saved are going to rise first. They died already. They died to the world, the things of the world. They got saved. They prepared themselves for that. So they, that's going to be a, a great getting up morning for them. It's going to be treacherous for those on the bad side of the gulf. Because they got to come and stand in before the judgment too to see what their eternal destiny and fate going to be, where they're going to spend eternity. So it's very clear right there, you know. They shall rise first. That's just like God. You know, you're the first one to give your life to him. Shouldn't you be the first one to get your reward? To hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I've been faithful over a few things. Enter into my rest and make it rule over many things. God is fair. You know, he's fair. You know, he's fair. Okay, let me get two more verses here and we're going to finish up here. And he says in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, the King James Bible, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than the gold which perishes, lay all that stuff up if you want to, better make sure your conversation is right in heaven, you know who you are. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of of Jesus Christ. Why, you done laid up some precious stuff in heaven for yourself that can't be eaten with moth and rust, can't be broken in and stolen. In other words, it was nothing material or physical, you know, but you went through the fire and God bought you out as pure gold. So you got rid of all the flaws, everything. You went through the storm, God bought you out. You wasn't, you, you, you wasn't damaged goods. You were like pure gold. You were 100 standing before God. Some 30, 46, but you're going to be 100. Some precious stones, some like rubble, some wood, all kinds, you know. But you want to shine like, like, like lights, like, per, you know, like you've been purged in the fire. Burned off. God is consuming fire before you went to heaven. Your spirit was right. It was sanctified by the word of God. 
Remember what he told the Father when he prayed, those you've given to me, sanctify them with that word. That word is truth. Those are the ones he's talking about here, you know, you know, and also in the book of our first Peter chapter five, verse four, the King James Bible says, and when the chief shepherd, talking about Jesus, shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Man, get this in your conversation. This is what I'm working for. You know, that's in the book of first Peter again, chapter five, verse four, the King James Bible. And then we're back to where we started. But love. Now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall see him for really who he, we shall see him for we shall be, we shall see him as he is, you know, because we're going to be like him. All right, that's in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 of the King James Bible. So we're going to end right there. Father, we thank and praise you right now for your word. As we prepare for your second coming, Lord God, we're praying now, God, that you would save our conversations, sanctify our conversations, Lord God. We're praying that we would take your word and hide it in our heart and be established and rooted and grounded in your word, Lord God, that our conversations might be accepted in heaven, speaking things that be not as though they were or are putting you in remembrance of what you've already said, your word, Lord God. And so, Father, we thank you now and we praise you now that we have found your word and we have eaten your word and your word become a joy and rejoice into our hearts and to our souls and to our minds and to our very lives. So we thank you, Father, and we praise you right now, Lord God, for that reward that you're going to bring back. We thank you right now, God, for just uh, sanctifying these vile bodies. We thank you right now, Lord God, for hallelujah, for purging things out of us, Lord God. We don't want anything to hinder uh, our conversation, Lord God. We want your word hidden in our hearts that we sin not against you. So we ask this morning for you to help us sanctify us with your word, regenerate us, renew us with your word, Lord God. Purge everything out that's not of you, God. Consume everything, burn it up that's not of you, that we might be like pure gold before you in case you decide not to delay your coming. But if you should show up suddenly like a thief in the night, that Lord God, we would be so ready, so prepared to go and be spend eternity with you and see you the way you are because we'll be just like you. And in the meantime, help us to know, go on now and be as you are in the earth. Lord God, as you are, help us to be so in according to your word in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, the King James Bible. Thank you for sanctifying us now, purifying us now, that we would be the first to rise because we have already been resurrected God when we gave our life to you we were re resurrected from a fleshly man to a spiritual man and as we wait for your return on the good side of the gulf we continue to pray God for those who don't know their destiny don't know how quick they can end up on the wrong side of the gulf and then the judgment life is so brief Lord so we're praying now in the name of Jesus for the saving of the soul the return of the backsliding the prodigal son is our prayer. Let this word not resonate. Let it go out and not come back for it. Let it do what you please in the purpose you sent it. Save souls in Jesus' name and prepare them for your second coming. Amen. All right, then. Well, we're going to end right there and we're going to transition. Amen. 